When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PA10X Feedbacks podcast right on PA10X and a fine ski to you all. Ski, gentlemen. Ski, uh, Derek. The ski to you, Patrick. Uh, and I know Jesse doesn't ski, but we welcome and a ski. I don't know what it means, hey, but did. I'll say it. Uh, it means pull up, Jesse. That's what it means. When I say ski, it means you pull up. Uh, okay. But we welcome wow. here uh, to cover this uh, wonderful uh, team that is known as a wagon, a.k.a. the Arizona Diamondbacks. These two fine gentlemen were over at Chase Field just moments before we started uh, talking to Tori Labello and some of the players prior to their workouts today uh the team i imagine is leaving tonight uh to philadelphia they are not leaving oh, tonight. When are they, they leaving? have another workout tomorrow morning okay. actually uh which sort of took me by surprise but yeah i i assume it appears that they are doing one more workout here in arizona tomorrow morning flying out probably like tomorrow afternoon and evening and then they have a workout in philly on on sunday that's that makes, at least how yeah. things appear it makes sense i want i want to be at my house as much as possible and there's no yeah. reason to rush out to philadelphia yeah. just yet right but uh i do know that they're the diamondbacks of course uh, besides being a wagon are one of four teams gentlemen left uh in the major league postseason right uh if I, my yeah. math my math is correct can we see that beautiful postseason bracket just once more because it's a that's a that's a good look right there. Final that is a good look. four. We got our final four, including our foe from Philadelphia, the Phillies. Can I say something about this graphic real quick? I I, I do want you to talk about the gray line. <laughs> well, I wanted. Well, I fixed the gray line. <laughs> oh boy, line. I'm proud of you. But what I wanted to say is the. I feel like it should be National League on the left and American League on the right, and Sean's Red Sox brain made it the other way. No. That's just the way I see it. No. Looking at it logistically. In the newspaper, I feel like American League would always come first. On the left side, yeah. Yeah, it would be on the top or it would be on the left. And it's also alphabetical. Alphabetical? I'll take the L on that one. What's what's the newspaper? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Jesse. Uh, Well, for Jeff Passan, these four teams right here have combined for 354 wins. This regular season, which is the fewest ever for the final four teams left in the playoffs. So let's, what an honor. Let's go teams. <laughs> let's go teams that got here. However, the hell it took to get here. Um, oh, yeah. And before I start cursing, by the way, gentlemen, uh, we do have a new swear jar uh, okay. jar for swears. Uh, so now I have to contribute money anytime uh, I swear on this show. But the money like goes to charity. Doesn't this does. just encourage you to swear more at the end of the day? Right. <laughs> kind of does. It kind of does. I mean, like at least it feels like my swears are going somewhere, you know, meaningful. Sure, right? It's for a worthy cause. And yeah, I'll think about them a little bit more. I mean, some days I, I don't have all of this money. I don't have. Yeah, I don't want to be a Philly fan just out here using the F word with a ph at the front of course true. uh just as much as possible but it's cursing for a cause and i like that 
yeah. for a cause. Yeah, that's <laughs> like what it that. is. Uh, like jars that. for uh, jar for swears, swears for kids. Uh, we'll donate to some kids' charity <laughs> with the swears. Uh, that way, that way, uh, kids can learn not to swear. Or it's going to cost you money. Uh, I will also say something fun about these uh, two of these teams, right, Patrick? Uh, mm-hmm. The Rangers and the Diamondbacks, both 100 lost teams just two seasons ago, and now look at us. Who would have thought? And not me. In all 100 lost World Series two years ago, matchup? Let's go. That's I'm wild. With it. I'm with it. I mean, but. as a guy who covers the Rockies uh, 24-7, <laughs> uh, man, 2025 is going to be a big one. Yes. Can't wait for you guys to come out to Denver yeah, and support that me. That sounds like fun, man. <laughs> Book I'm it. down with it. Uh, but, Jesse, yes, I mean, obviously, you know, there is – Kind of, I guess, I guess you could say the newness here to the Diamondbacks being here, the newness to the Rangers being here. But then you have yeah. two other teams that are very familiar with being in this spot. Uh, both both have been here just yet, just last year. Yeah, the Philadelphia Phillies are, and this is something that a lot of a lot of you know, I know that team very much believes this, and I've heard people in the media say this pretty frequently as well. The Phillies are kind of built for this. Like they yeah. just have a star-studded lineup. They've got the number one starter, the number two starter. They've got a bullpen with with I would argue maybe better stuff than just about any bullpen that you'll find in the game right now. They're they're built for this, and yeah. they have played outstanding up to this point in the postseason. And the Diamondbacks have also played outstanding up to this point in the postseason. The Diamondbacks have literally not lost a game up to this point in the playoffs, which is still just crazy to think how far this team's come over, over the last month or so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is tough, right? Uh, we talked yesterday about you know which of these two teams, the Braves or the Phillies, you know, the D-backs would maybe rather have in the series, yeah. and I think it's pretty clear the answer there was was the Braves. Uh, the Braves, even though they won 104 regular season games, they they haven't really been playing as well lately. They've got some injuries. This Phillies team is as hot as any team in the sport right now, and they have all of the weapons to to do what they need to in a series like this. Apparently, all it took was reporting one comment from the clubhouse to unravel the Braves completely. So, I mean, <laughs> who knows, right? But when we talk about the matchup between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, obviously, I mean, this is going to happen with any team the Diamondbacks play, but there is a payroll discrepancy. The Phillies uh, have their payroll, $245 million. The Diamondbacks, $119 million. Yeah. Thrifty. Thrifty. Wow, and 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 they'll be, they'll continue to have a low payroll because they locked Corbin Carroll in for what is going to be considered an absolute bargain basement price by by the time that that guy's tenure here is complete, uh, at least based on what we saw here in the first season. But I mean, again. I don't know about payrolls because obviously it really doesn't matter. Diamondbacks are here when teams that spent quadruple the amount they did aren't. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you know, you, you look at you look at everyone, and everyone left in the playoffs, you know, has a big payroll, obviously. And every you know, two of the teams have been here before, so I guess uh, I, I know the Diamondbacks have no experience. I mean, in fact, when we talk about the Diamondbacks having no experience, they literally have like. Uh, what five players that have ever been in a postseason game before on their roster, and meanwhile they're looking at the you know Phillies now here in the NLCS who have been here before, uh, and and they do have that experience. Does that experience give them an advantage, or are these just more baseball games? We talked with Evan Longoria a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, not ability, but you know ha- having those players with with a bit of an experience, and you. You want a, a fair mix, right? Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, if you if you've got more of those veteran players with, with postseason experience, they're going to do better than uh, a team that has absolutely none." 
but you know the Diamondbacks do have a little bit. They they've gotten some experience, obviously during during this postseason. Yeah, and 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 momentum is is just absolutely huge. You, you talk about do the the uh, the other payrolls for the the other three teams. I think Houston is is probably the lowest uh, or closest to the Diamondbacks, and so that's that's kind of a compliment, yeah. you know, to to the Diamondbacks that like they are most closely compared to Houston here in this point, especially you talk about a young team and that's going to grow together. Whereas for the Phillies, you know, they maybe have another year or two before the bottom might fall out on that. Texas uh, could be kind of somewhat similar because again, uh, all three of these teams are paying money to, to big time players and they don't have the young guys to supplement making the league minimum. Whereas the Diamondbacks do their window is just opening up now. I don't know how long Houston can, can run the table doing this. Uh, it seems like it's never ending, but, but (laughs) the Diamondbacks have the window. They just, they, they jarred it open this year in 2023. And so they've got, they've got many more opportunities, many more bites at the apple. There's a couple of things here. I want to go back to Carlos's comment because that cracked me up. He said, the Phillies are like a bear. You piss them off and they destroy you. Let's all be very sportsmanlike going into this series. (laughs) Uh, And and with that, I want to say yesterday, I said something about Bryce Harper, not being the player he once was. And I immediately, (laughs) that was was an enormous mistake. It was an enormous mistake. It was an absolute uh, mistake. Uh, I meant that just from the perspective, Perspective of him having gone through some injuries and defensively, him, yeah. he is not. And that's what I said. We talked about that. Right. I'm like, yeah. as a, like, if you clarify, it's I, probably about the injuries, uh, and that's absolutely what it was uh, because he's absolutely had a great year and he's had a tremendous postseason. So it's not like I'm trying to act like he is some sort of over the hill guy that can't do it. I was just saying at the time, uh, you you don't want to turn him into super Bryce. And that's why I'm going to apologize to Mr. Harper right now for my <laughs> inconsiderate comment yesterday. And we're just going to move on past that. We have to go back and edit the uh, show yeah, and scrap we'll, that from we'll, the record. We'll delete that out of the show. Uh, Elise also had a comment. I think he put it up there. Uh, Damon, uh, we are Damon's dogs, by the way, still. Uh, the Our D-backs heart. need to make sure they don't give the Phillies and their fans any bulletin board material. It, it fuels their powerful hate machine. She's absolutely right. So I'm just going to take some time off from the show because I don't feel like I'm capable of not providing said bulletin board material, um, but I definitely don't want that to happen. They're canceling me. Carlos says if we lose, it's my fault. Yes, I know. Uh, that's terrible. But uh, no, again, it was more in regards to just Bryce Harper. Like I said, defensively, he has he's not that same guy. But like even even compared to his great season last year. He had an amazing season this year. I think he had an over 900 OPS, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was like kind of slow to start coming back from Tommy John. He was. Eventually, he was like, all right, he's still Bryce Harper. And and forgive me, I spent a lot of time watching this particular team and not all of the teams. So, uh, again, to the two Philly fans that called me the idiot in the hat. Yeah, like good game. You're right. Um, <laughs> a lot of mayors have been called idiots yeah, before. Yeah, it's not the so first it's time. It's not okay. the first time. Well, but there, there's a moment in last night's game too where there was a yep. little bit of a collision, and Harper's holding his elbow, mm-hmm. and we all, everyone knows like yep. what's going on. He's an outfielder for his entirety of his career, and he's playing first base because he, you know, he had a Tommy John kind of surgery. Yeah. So you know, there the injury concerns is definitely one of those things that. Uh, can really upend a, yeah. a player's career. So he, he I, I, I knew what you meant. I did know what you meant. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Sometimes on this show, I, I, I mean to clarify my comments, and then we just never get back around to that. But uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper is an incredible player. He's an incredible player for the for the Phillies, but he's also an incredible player for the city of Philadelphia. He gave an absolutely bone-chilling uh, speech bone about... Bone-chilling. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because it terrifies me. Like, this man is not play for my team. So this is, this is frightening because the love he has for the city of Philadelphia really feels like 
like he wants this more than anything he's ever wanted in his career uh, and he wants to do it for that city here's what he had to say i love this place flat out i love this place there's nothing like coming into the bank and playing in front of these fans blue collar mentality tough fighting every single day i get chills man i i, I get so fired up i i i man i love this place i i, I signed here for a reason um to do everything I could to, to bring back um, a trophy to this town, to Mr. Middleton, to this organization. Mm -hmm. um, I got chills thinking about it because that's what it's all about. I absolutely love this place. I love every single person in this organization uh, fighting and clawing every single day to, to get back to that moment. Um, there were so many good times in you know, 07, 08, 09, 2010, 11. Um, and I wanted to get back to that moment. See, that's terrifying to me. And it's just because of like how inspired he seems in that moment yeah. and how much he really does want to do it for that city that he represents. And I mean, we we've we haven't had a lot of moments like that from our players. I would say that I remember Zach Gallen discussing staying in Arizona and how much he liked to play here on the Mookie Betts podcast. Seemed very encouraging. You know, he, he really does like to play here. <laughs> he didn't speak with quite the degree of passion few players do and few merrill kelly's do. complaints about the weather and his cramping that does not bode well for me at all for his love for this uh for at least the city of phoenix at times at least in july but uh anyway harper's uh, a smart guy and I, I don't think he doesn't not love philadelphia but he knows if he loves it and embraces it to a certain degree that's just going to be good for him in every single way yeah he, he yeah. knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah. he signed a 13-year contract, so you might as well. You got you to make peace early. Better in love the, it. They, they <laughs> you're throw, stuck they, there for a long time. They throw those big contracts around <laughs> quite a bit these days. Guys are like, yeah, that's the, you want to live your next 20 years in Milwaukee? Good luck. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I have to talk. I have to attack Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee to. slander. Um, yeah, but anyway, going back uh, to this whole thing, I mean, uh, this crowd is incredible, and he's absolutely right. The bank uh, which I've tried to get us to call Chase Field the vault. So, I mean, this could be the bank versus the vault. But I like no that. one wanted to get on board with you know, that. You know what you do with the vault? You, you open it. Yeah. I like that. You're right. Like you open right. the roof right. at Chase Field, and, huh, and, Jesse? And oh those, the vault. What does a ball do when you – the vault? Is that like a home run? Yes. Thing, right? Okay, anyway. I miss Bob. Yeah. I miss calling it Bob. I do miss calling it Bob. And I'm yeah. so sick of having to explain Baxter's presence and why he exists because of that. Let's never name our. Let's never decide on our mascot again, uh, based on the the name, the, the naming the, rights the of the sponsor. ballpark. Yeah, it's not it's like the name of the stadium as much as it is just like it's the sponsoring crazy. partner of the name of the stadium. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but they do have an advantage over there when it comes to home field advantage. And, uh, yeah. of course, this team, uh, I think I saw you guys say it in chat, uh, they are a bunch of lunatics. They're a bunch of maniacs. Uh, let's take a look into the, uh, to the clubhouse celebration. Yeah, go ahead and get that out. Hey, um, hey Derek, yeah. I, I couldn't actually hear what they said in the audio. I will. Um, can, can you just repeat what Garrett Stubbs said? This is a $10 bill. I'll just go ahead and throw that in there. <laughs> uh, the statement was, fuck the Bravos and whoever the fuck we play next. And always, 
the Mets. It's the always the Mets. That it's the always the Mets. It was the always. They were just such an innocent <laughs> bystander in that situation. Um, so I gotta the, ask, what it, what would the D backs equivalent to this be? What would we do, Jesse? I think Patrick has it figured. You got a good one. I'm the math is like basically the the team you just beat. Yeah. The team you're going to play. Yeah. And the Dodgers. Yeah. So in in this case, we'll yeah. kind of fudge it a little bit. It's kind of no. It's got to be F, that F the Phillies. No. F whoever we play next. And F the Dodgers. Uh, like that's, I think it's kind no, of the math Patrick, that we have to no, use. Actually, the, the Diamondbacks no. have already beat the Phillies. The, in the accurate NCAA. one, the accurate statement here would be fuck the Dodgers and who, whoever the fuck we play next and always the Dodgers. And that feels right. <laughs> you know what? That feels double right. Up, double yeah, up on Double up on that's the fine. Dodgers. That's actually okay. I don't I, I like that. that at all. And I want to see them <laughs> chanting that. But Bryce Harper again, just insane during this postseason run so far and again got to give credit where my stupid ass didn't give credit yesterday i still think i got a couple of dollars left on that 10 i'm gonna get them all in um (laughs) bryce harper does have a 1.675 ops versus atlanta uh in the playoffs currently stands at the third highest by a player versus a single opponent in postseason history uh, minimum of 25 plate appearances behind, and patrick gave me this stat barry bonds and babe ruth so yeah um, this is Barry Bonds versus wow. the Angels. Barry Bonds versus the Angels. He had a 1.994 OPS. That was in the World Series. Uh, and Babe Ruth versus the Cardinals. World Series. Also in the World Series, uh, 1.694 OPS. That's wild. Imagine doing that in the World that's Series. Wild. That's just, that's yeah. insanity. That's crazy. But um, I know that you guys were out there at the clubhouse today, and I know the Diamondbacks yeah. uh, had a lot of good things to say about facing this Phillies team and also facing this Philly crowd. Merrill uh, kicked things off with Merrill and what he had to say about this crowd. Everyone says it's kind of intimidating, but I feel like that's the fun part, right? Like. That's kind of why we're here. We do it for the fans. The fans are the reason why we even have a league. Um, so I feel like even if they're yelling at you or for you, as long as there's you know, 40,000, 50,000 people in the stands, like that's kind of what we get excited for. I, I like that. Uh, and I like the fact that this team continues to have uh, just a certain edge to them in yeah. the playoffs, right? There's some, there's something about their attitude that it's like, yeah, we know we don't belong here and we don't care. <laughs> We're still going to try to disrupt this whole thing and win the whole goddamn thing. And I love that attitude that they seem to bring. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked Merrill Kelly several months ago, way back during the regular season toward the beginning of the season, just kind of randomly, what's your favorite ballpark to pitch in? And his answer was Dodger stadium. And Merrill Kelly, <laughs> as we discussed <laughs> at length, heading <laughs> into the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> he he had a terrible history of performance in that ballpark. But he talked hilarious. about how he how he just loved the environment there. He loved how into the game the fans are. Yeah. And as someone who likes that stadium because of how into it, how engaged the fans are, he's probably going to like Philly as well uh, for that same reason. That's a that's a weird thing to me. Do you guys think of that when it, when you think of Dodgers Dodger Stadium that they. Like, I think maybe part of it is the fact that we see, like, the high-dollar seats that are typically empty and not filled sometimes until, like, the fourth inning it's a pretty and stuff engaged like that. Thing. I mean, it gets loud, But, like, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I, I think that's only a portion of – I think they get a bad rap 
for that like that contingent of of Dodger fans, but that's LA. Like you're just gonna get late. You're you're just gonna be late everywhere you go in LA. You're, but that's you're, all other you're thing, quite but. literally like playing in, in Hollywood, right? And it's bright lights. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's on the coast. So right. there's it's that element to it. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, it, it's just like old school baseball too. Players want to play in, in front of fans. Yeah. Like that that's what everyone's saying. And you know, Tori even said in uh in, in his little media availability today that like you know what? If, if Citizens Bank Park is a 10, Dodger Stadium isn't that far behind. Right. Uh, right. And ultimately, this this entire roster, this young roster that doesn't have a lot of postseason experience, doesn't have a ton of veterans even that do, is that they've slowly been on the come up. You know, Milwaukee, that's a postseason crowd right there. All right. What are they going to do under those bright lights? Well, they won two in a row. And then going to Dodger Stadium and, and, and back here in, in, in front of 48 plus thousand largest crowd that they've had since 2021. And they won all three of those games. So I think... They're just getting better. This is a new season, and, and these these players are, are ultimately new players, and uh, I think that really bodes well for them. You know, going into Citizens Bank Park and yeah, uh, taking one of these games against the Phillies. It's kind of been a, an escal like it, it's been one series after another. It's escalated sort of the not only the stakes obviously, but the ballpark that they're playing in. Like you know, no no disrespect certainly to to Brewers fans. It was certainly loud when I was there, but I don't think that was quite up to you know what what we <laughs> saw at Dodger Stadium and what we saw at Dodger Stadium probably doesn't quite line up with what the Diamondbacks will face in in Philadelphia. Uh, A number of the relievers, it was pretty funny, talked about how apparently there's this little notch in the bullpen where visiting relievers can kind of hide from the fans. Otherwise, they're like very exposed and fans can can just kind of rain insults down on them at all times. (laughs) Paul Seawall talked about how he's pretty sure that Phillies fans have already done research on his family. Like, and like they know, they know like all of the different names to throw out and everything when they're insulting him. So he talked about how, uh, yeah, Diamondbacks relievers, they might spend uh, a good bit of time during the game, that little notch where they can See, hide away. That's, that's when, you know, fans are next level fans when they are getting into a player's head psychologically, when they're <laughs> when like they're insulting yeah, players, family, yeah, yeah. that's how, you know, I don't even know if it's an insult. <laughs> Maybe it's just something he says to him. Like Danielle would be disappointed, Paul. Like we don't know what that means, but Paul knows what it means. And that fan yeah, knows what it right. means. And that shit cuts deep, deeper than any F bomb you could drop on him and have to pay swears for. But speaking of F bombs, our man, uh, Cogs asked, do we have to pay the swear? Wear jar when we wear the new shirt, the new dangerous shirt. And of course, it's time. We got a brand new PHNX locker beauty. We're fucking dangerous. I think I'm up to six, seven dollars. I'm not sure. I got a 10 in there. Uh, But that new shirt, uh, I can blame Tori for that because he's the one that said that. But go get this brand new shirt and represent a dangerous team because a connected team is a dangerous team. And a connected Derek is a dangerous Derek. That's just something for you all to remember. That shirt goes hard. That shirt's amazing. Yeah, no, this is an incredible shirt. Uh, Bravo to our guy, Eric, for getting this out. Uh, You can go get this right now. And by the way, diehards do get 20% off. And you will get this shirt very quickly uh, based on our new uh, like T-shirt partner that we're working with. So. Make sure to get that right now uh, and wear wear the shirt of a dangerous team. Be dangerous yourself. Uh, Merrill Kelly, by the way, uh, had more on this Philly crowd, I believe. He had a little bit uh, to say uh, uh, still about uh, playing at the bank. Yeah, I've seen them probably as loud as they could possibly be. They hit five homers that game. So I have a hard time believing that anything I'm about to experience is, is louder than that. So. 
Yep, it's loud. He it's was, he be was loud. at Game Three as a fan last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the that's World what Series he, that's with what his brother, talking about. Yeah. brother Reed. Uh, he he's somehow from the Philly area. He has family there in, in Bryn Mawr, which is like a suburb of, of Philadelphia. Out so like team somehow. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's there, and uh, you know, was at that game. wasn't necessarily rooting for anybody, but he he saw what it was like. But you could see that look on his face. Like he's excited to go for that challenge, and he's, he's going to get the ball in Game Two. So yeah, let's go. Let's uh, go with that. Anything else from from Merrill? I think we had another clip here from Merrill, um, and it's about uh, pitching on short rest. Which yeah, yeah, we'll, appear- we'll kind of uh, give some added clarification from Tori after after this. But yeah, here's Merrill talking about the possibility of maybe pitching on short rest in this series. Not yet. No, I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. Um, I think anybody in here would do whatever they need to do to make sure that we try to get a W. But um, no, those conversations haven't happened yet. So, yeah, basically, after talking with everyone in the clubhouse, we, we talked with Tori Lovello, and, and he was also asked about this. He said that as of now, the Diamondbacks are not planning to use Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly on short rest. The as of now, I guess, gives him an out uh, so that he's, uh, he's, allowed, <laughs> change. he's allowed to change his mind. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and, and that's interesting uh, because we don't know exactly, at least I don't know what the Phillies uh, side of this looks like. If the Phillies were to be comfortable, you know, pitching Zach Wheeler on short rest, game four, you know, Zach Wheeler against Ryan Nelson or Zach Wheeler against a bullpen game, whatever that looks like, would be a pretty rough situation for the Diamondbacks. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it we'll see how it turns out. You know, maybe if the D-backs were down 3-0 going into game four, maybe they maybe that's the scenario where Torrey would change his mind. But I mean, that's the way the question was posed to him. If you guys were down 3-0, would you be willing to do this? And he still said he still said no, uh, so that's kind of what we know about this right now. And maybe Zach Gallen walks into his office after Game Three and says, "Give me the ball, Coach. Yeah. Give me the ball. I I want the damn ball." Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there are a lot of connections between this team, not just Merrill Kelly uh, and 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 the state of Pennsylvania and and the city of Philadelphia. Uh, Corbin Carroll's first career hit came last year against the Phillies. Ooh. Uh, Christian Walker is from Norristown, Pennsylvania himself. Yeah. Uh, and Jake McCarthy was the number two running back in high school behind Saquon Barkley in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, he also is from Scranton, which is just amazing. It's it is amazing. It, McCarthy. It, it, yeah, it's so perfect that he's from Scranton. Yeah. On the on the flip it's side, all the office he will not be coming back this postseason. He's he's more than weeks away. He's got okay. a what a right lat strain. Yeah, so right lat strain is what Tori said. Tori said months. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think you're going to see Jake McCarthy. I guess while we're on the topic of injuries, Tori did say that Tommy Henry is a name that is being floated around. What? I don't know if wow. that's a name we will see on the Diamondbacks NLCS roster. Maybe sure. we'd have to get. Maybe they'd have a to make the further. World Series for that to be possible, but Tori did say that that's a name being floated around, not as a starter, but as a as a potential reliever for this Diamondbacks team. Yeah. Well, uh, again, speaking of Norristown uh, native Christian Dixon Walker, uh, here he is on participating in that historic third inning uh, from the NLDS Game Three. Yeah, honestly, like the the feeling and the moment, the sensations that I've had in these games. Um, I think you want to be you want to do so good in the moments that it's you're so locked in. You're just so focused on executing and picking a good pitch and being on time and um, you, you feel that little bit of like, ooh yeah, like maybe maybe we can try to take a big swing here. But then like as soon as you dig in, it, it, it goes back to like hit a ball hard, right? So it's like it, you understand like how cool it is what's happening. And we're running around the dugout like a bunch of idiots, like celebrating. 
but in the moment it's it's um it's much different i think than it than it looks it's, it's pretty easy to stay just locked in and, and execute an approach i mean it's like it does smile on his face i the the idea there just of like getting more pumped up watching, you know, the other guys hit those home runs. I, I also feel like, you know, we've we've talked, and this isn't anything exclusive to the Diamondbacks, but like we've talked about them struggling offensively when they press. And it feels like yeah. every time they get that hit or every time they start scoring runs, it's like alleviating a little bit of that pressure from the rest of those guys. And like they like you said, you want to do good, right? Like you want to have every moment be a big moment, but you also don't want to go up there and press. You also don't want to go up there and be like, well, they just hit home runs. I'm going to hit home run now, too. Right. But sometimes you just get what's coming to you and, and, and you take it. And you also, you know, have your big moment as well. It's just it's it, it is kind of wild to watch this offense have literally historically big offensive moments that have never been accomplished before in the postseason happening to a team that at times as we wrapped up the end of the season we we asked what are they going to do when the playoffs come around for yeah for for some sort of offensive push i mean everyone always knew though this diamondbacks team is is i mean they have so much power in this lineup right get, that's what they don't run the, the they don't run the bases right real well but man can they ever hit dingers that was their mo coming into the playoffs <laughs> he right said they don't run the bases the well. teams, i don't even know he did that with a straight face that's wild <laughs> the best teams pass the baton sure. and, and that's what they're doing yeah. we, we talked yeah, about it on absolutely. the on the pregame show for game three who's the new guy that stepped up and obviously uh, i didn't understand the assignment i said lourdes Curiel, and it was Geraldo perdomo yeah. who today you know talking with him a little bit said it's like i didn't care about my home run i was way more excited for the guys that came after yeah, me and yeah. starting that and so yeah. that's that's this thing again that's building momentum of like yeah i don't have to hit that five run home run with the bases empty that, that's impossible that can't happen yeah. but if you just pass the baton and give it to the next guy Cause that chaos on the base path. Yeah. The chaos can continue. Well, and I remember one time, I believe it was Merrill Kelly. It may, I might be attributing this to him incorrectly, but we were talking about the idea of the, the merry-go-round that a team can put up on a pitcher versus the home runs. And Merrill even said he'd rather give up three home runs in an inning rather than that, like getting singled to death and you get the yeah. bases loaded or you give up a couple of walks and a single and now it's just single, single, single. And there's yeah. just there's just this parade of guys coming in. It's like at least when you get that big home run, right, you get that clear bases. You can just kind of move on. All right. There's nobody on base. It's back to, you know, like, let's start over. It's much harder to do that when you have a team playing small ball against you. And at times that was what this team uh, was able to do. We do have a discussion about. Uh, it wasn't this supposed to be a small ball team from Carlos. I, I thought so until we got to the playoffs and then all bets were off. The but. chaos carousel. Yeah. The chaos carousel of, of the carousel of chaos. That's what it is. That sounds terrifying. And I want to write it. I definitely do. Like if someone called it that, it could just be regular ass ponies and like unicorns. And I would still be like, expect up until the end, something wild to happen. And if it didn't, there'd be disappointment, but the carousel of chaos is, I mean, it's coming to Phoenix. It's it coming is. to the Valley next it's coming. week. It we is. Three, four, and five. <laughs> That's right. Asterisk. Well, and Christian Walker, again, talked about this series and watching it from a fan perspective. And, I mean, this is what he had to say about about how excited this this is for all of us. Yeah, I think, I, you know, the, the sports fan in me is so excited. I think we're talking about potentially one of the best, maybe the best postseason environment, right, in baseball, maybe in, in sports, like, not a lot of other stadiums and atmospheres come to mind and uh i think 
it's, it's what you think about when you're a kid. You know, you're hitting fake home runs out in the backyard and making fake crowd noise. It's like, it's for moments like this. This is, uh, it's cool. It's exciting. It is exciting. And I mean, yes, I'm terrified to play this Phillies team, but bring it on. I mean, at this point, uh, I, I only feel the same way I imagine that this Diamondbacks team feels. And it's that this is fun. We have no business being here, but we are here and we're good enough to be here. And they are because... You know, the, these other teams were supposed to have been better than them as well. And so far, they've proven that not to be the case. We got a, a Coach Prime reference from one Tori Lovello oh. uh, in, in the uh, in the presser today, which I feel like we also we also have to play. We have to Tori was basically asked a question along the lines of, you know, what, what's kind of your reaction to all of the things that are said about you guys, about this team potentially not belonging in the playoffs in, in the first place. And here's what Tori had to say. Is a very, very famous college football coach who's having a tremendous amount of success. That is, is, is coaching his butt off with his players behind him. Says, "We'll keep some receipts. We're keeping receipts. All right. So, I'll leave it at that. We, we, we got a long list of receipts right now. And I just, I, whenever somebody said, said something to me, you know, hey, I read this. I read this. My response is, put it in the hopper." Put it, put it in the bucket, and we'll pull them all out at the end of the day. Tori just has CVS receipts just as a <laughs> mile long, and he can't wait to go back and revisit every single one of those. But, like, it is wild because, again, baseball is one of those things that we do a lot of this. Uh, we, we analyze it on paper based on stats, and then when one team that statistically shouldn't have beat the other team wins, we're like, wow. But, I mean, at times – we have said that this team's biggest problem is consistency, getting all the things clicking at the same time. And right now, that's what's happening for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. We said hypothetically, if that could happen, that this could be a dangerous team, like Tori mentioned. But that's what it is. And that's, I think, what that connected team is a dangerous team thing, is they do feel like they're all playing at their highest level. And so far, we've seen that. You know, a couple of guys at times in the playoffs have, you know, they've had their 04 days or some of the start, you know, relievers weren't perfect. But so far as a team, they've been able to hold this thing together and be very successful in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, what the Diamondbacks have going for them is that they don't have any clear weaknesses, right? And, yeah. you know, in the regular season when this team was struggling to be consistent, in all honesty, a team that struggles, like, that looks really good at times but struggles to be consistent, in my mind, it's just a team that isn't, like, isn't necessarily that great, right? Sure. If you're having a hard time getting everything to click at once, yeah. it's probably because, well, if you're not if you're not necessarily elite at anything, then, you know, the odds of everything clicking at once is just not going to be that high. It's not going to happen very often. You're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yeah, and but, you know. but what the, the flip side of that is that when you're a team like the Diamondbacks that doesn't have any clear weaknesses, especially given the emergence of this bullpen over the last month or so, then you can go on little stretches where you can be sort of the best team on the planet for a while because if you find a way to get all of those things clicking you know over a short period of time you can do something like what the diamondbacks have done so far in the playoffs like win five consecutive games because somehow even though it maybe it's not going to happen a whole a whole lot we didn't see it a whole lot this season outside of the first couple months sure but if you can get you know everything kind of going at once you know, it, it, it can be a pretty compelling product. And that's that's what we've seen in the playoffs so far. 
Well, again, uh, make sure to get the shirt, the shirt that quotes our very own Tori Lavola. We got to get Tori one of these shirts for sure. But uh, yeah, we're a dangerous team, uh, and make sure to get the shirt of a dangerous team. I we, think Tori would love that. Tori would, Don't you yeah, so? Tori, would. Tori would absolutely rock that in a pregame post, <laughs> yeah, pregame press conference. But anyway, uh, we thank you guys for being here in the PHN Exports YouTube channel. Of course, make sure that you subscribe to the. Ch- channel sign up for notifications that way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live uh, and leave us a little thumbs up we always love our attaboys we're not like other people that take offense to attaboys um, but we will hit homers on your ass uh, if you leave us the, the, the attaboys so uh, also if you're listening on the audio podcasting side make sure to subscribe there as well leave us a review we always appreciate that feedback of course Make sure to stop by Circle K if you need to fill up. Uh, it is America's Thirst Stop, so that counts for yourself. It also counts for your car because if you get that Inner Circle uh, membership program, which is absolutely free right now, you will save $0.25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. You'll also get all sorts of wonderful offers. They're giving me free candy and free chips and free drinks all the time. You also get buy five, get six free on, on a selection of Circle K products, such as pizza, coffee, and ice-cold fountain drinks. All you need is the app and they'll use your phone number when you go into the store. You can join the Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. And again, you might find one of our members of PHNX trapped inside one of their gas station pumps. That's where our souls live. Um, also, make sure to check out uh, BetMGM. Of course, I will continue to place bets on the opposing pitcher striking out Diamondbacks until the end of time. Because so far, it hasn't worked out for me money-wise, but it's worked out for the team uh, magic-wise. So I'm going to continue to do that. And you can use the BetMGM app for whatever purpose you do. I'm trying to bring luck to the team. You should probably try to make money. That's probably a better approach. Uh, But you can place your first bet uh, sportsbook wager through the sportsbook mobile application. Words are hard sometimes, excuse me, of at least $10. And you will receive $200 in free bets. Also, make sure to listen to Damon on the Bet uh, Show because Damon will give you actually good advice. I, meanwhile... We'll just try to help this team win. But uh, if you download the BetMGM Sportsbook app, uh, you can do so on iOS or Android, or you can visit BetMGM.com. Sign up. Use our code of PHNX. uh, Deposit at least $10 into your newly created account, and then use that $10 or more at a standard odds price. Place a wager in that amount uh, of $10 or more at a standard odds price. Once you've done so, you'll receive $200 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Again, sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place that first bet MGM Sportsbook wager through their bet sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our baby Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Well, both of these two National League teams are absolutely red hot right now. And as they prepare to take one another on and clash in this big battle in the NLCS, we are taking a look now at some of the numbers and just some of the advantages one team might have over the other. In fact, you may think that the Phillies just instantly are a a, a more potent offensive team. But uh, believe it or not, so far in the postseason, the Diamondbacks actually have been hanging with them so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, the Phillies do have a slightly higher OPS in the playoffs. The Phillies have an absurd 892 OPS in the postseason. The Diamondbacks, though, are right there, 877. 
Um, I think these two teams have basically scored the exact same number of runs. I think they're like one run scored apart and they're like one run allowed apart, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So both of these teams have have basically just run over their opponents uh, up to this point in, in the playoffs. And, you know, I mean, that's what that's what's fun about the NLCS. You have, you know, you have two of the, the best teams, the hottest teams right now going at it against each other. And uh, they've both played extremely well lately. And during the regular season, the records are quite comparable in 20 games. They they're 10 and 10 and 80 games. It's 40 and 40. And then yeah. the last 150 games they play in the regular season, 75 and 75. So wow. what are the odds that's baseball? That? Wow. That's <laughs> wild. That is wild. Well, and uh, honestly, we talked earlier about the Phillies payroll and how much, you know, more money the, the Phillies are paying their players. But right now, those guys that they are paying that money to are earning those contracts in the postseason, which, like you said, Jesse, that's why you build these teams for the postseason, right? You build them for the postseason and you pay them all this money. So, yeah, 162 games, they might not be, you know, that superstar the entire 162-game season. It's hard to be that. But, man, these guys really step up when when it's time to to, to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, looking at <laughs> the, the Phillies, the Phillies offense, their top, their their best four hitters have been insane in the playoffs, just absolutely insane. So Trey Turner so far in the postseason has a fourteen fifty five OPS. Nick Castellanos, after hitting two home runs in back to back games, has a fourteen forty OPS in the playoffs. Both of those numbers are even higher than Corbin Carroll, who has a 1389 OPS, which is pretty darn wow. good in its own right. And then Bryce Harper is right there with a 1380 OPS in the playoffs. JT Romuto has a 969 OPS, which somehow feels terrible compared to everyone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are those are four guys that this Phillies team has paid a lot of money to. I mean, you combine their salaries for this season, it's almost $100 million. $98.7 million yeah. to just those four guys just this season. But it's in the playoffs, it's kind of worth it. It's kind of worth it. <laughs> it's kind of worth it. Uh, they owe those gentlemen a total of $845.5 million. They could have bought the did Arizona hear, Diamondbacks for that kind of money. Did you hear what I just said? They pay those guys almost just a hair shy of a billion dollars. Wow. This no. is true. It's crazy. That's um, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That's a lot. During, a lot even money. during the regular season, they've they've their guys have been doing it. Schwarber and Real Muto both uh, have two home runs. Yeah, uh, against and the Real, Phillies. Real Muto has one fight cycle. with Tori Lobolo also. By the oh, way, yeah, and a cycle against story. this team. Like, and a yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bryson Stott three home runs. Uh, yeah. He did that in three different games. Evan Longoria the only one this season at least uh, with with multiple home runs oh, against the Phillies. He had two. There's Susie in our chat to tell us that Susie. they're underpaid. To be honest, can we they're underpaid? Can we ban her? <laughs> That's just a crazy comment that i can't really wrap my mind around but uh by comparison yes the diamondbacks top stars are getting paid substantially less and when you yeah. talk about the experience we know that pretty much this entire phillies team has been there before they were there just last year but this diamondbacks team again have five position players and three pitchers with any postseason experience who cares? I don't care. Uh, as, <laughs> as, as, as Sean would say, HK, right? I don't know. But uh, when we talk about the amount of money these guys are getting paid, we have Corbin Carroll with his 1.389 OPS getting paid $1.6 million this year. Uh, and the highest paid player being Cattell Marte with his 984 OPS, who is getting paid $11.6 million a year. So, yeah, yeah Marte's salary is just off the off the charts when it comes to the Diamondbacks players but yeah yeah uh, Christian Walker 6.5 million this year 1.023 OPS Gabriel Moreno 1.107 OPS 723 thousand dollars 
And we're not even counting yeah. the dead money, the $23 million to Madison Bumgarner, or $10.4 million to Nick uh, Ahmed. Like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> which, which happens. Look, that, that, that yeah. happens at times. But yeah, yeah. man, it, that's why this window of contention is, is wide open for, for this team. Like, yeah. Nobody really cares about 2024, 25 right now, yeah. but it, it is all about this. But this is how you build something that's sustainable. Sure. Phillies, not necessarily sustainable. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got the money. That ballpark sells out. If you have the money, yeah, I mean, I, that's what it is. We have no idea how much these baseball teams make. But by comparison, when you look at Chase Field on most nights during the regular season, uh, on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday, on a Monday, uh, you are going to kind of understand that this team doesn't nearly have the resources other teams have. It doesn't mean they're still not making money hand over fist. But, uh, I mean, we did talk to Ken Kendrick at one point, and I I, I don't know I don't know if I'm just whatever. Like, whatever. I, it is what it is. But I kind of took what he was saying uh, for gospel because he did say, like, we don't really make money off this team. Everything we make, we just invest back into it and i mean i don't know i like we don't see their books so we don't know that but so far you can definitely say advantage diamondbacks on value in the star players and the production (laughs) they're getting from these guys in the playoffs and how far they've come and once again they're proving the narrative that you don't have to spend all of this money on big name players in order for your team to come together and have success, especially in postseason. But we'll see what happens when this comes to, to to head. Because you could say that about the Dodgers, but the Dodgers really just had two guys, right? I mean, they had a lot of other guys that are still good players. I don't want to take away from the rest of the roster, but they really had two stars. The the, the Phillies have more than that, and I mean, these guys. Yeah. This isn't even including Schwarber in there. So, the, and it, the, but it, it is a little weird because like Trey Turner was not good for the first half of the season for for the Phillies. He no. really really struggled. Uh, coming out of the eight, GT Romuto did not really have a very good offensive season for the Phillies Until compared the to. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> he he did a number on the Diamondbacks in that in that series at Chase Field. But yeah, I mean, and even Nick Castellanos in his first year of that contract last year had a sub seven hundred OPS. He was a perfectly replacement level player. So it hasn't all been like rainbows and unicorns for all of these guys that we're talking about with the Phillies. But when it's mattered the most here in the playoffs, those four guys and and yes, I think Schwarber is you know maybe had his moments. He doesn't quite have the the playoff numbers that these guys do, but these guys are 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 coming through when it matters the most and you know on the diamondback side yeah their four best hitters as, as you mentioned corbin carroll gabby moreno christian walker Cattell Marte. uh they i mean those four guys make 20 million combined which is less <laughs> money than you know Any bryce of harper other four. Than, than yeah literally pretty much uh bryce harper I mean, makes that money by like august 4th yeah. he's that's it. His his account looks exactly like those, <laughs> those, those five four guys, guys all year. Those go those four guys get paid four hundred thousand dollars more than Nick Castellanos does in a season. So I yeah. mean, yeah, again, when you talk about the value, there, wow, Diamondbacks got the value. But. It's not exactly a value competition though. In, it is. In the it NLCS. is. Like, it is oh, you me. won okay. two games and the Phillies won four. But if we factor in how much the Diamondbacks paid can compared to how much the Phillies can paid, we, can we base yeah, that on runs? Can we factor it into an top, aggregate? Eric? Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I wasn't the one talking about losing. That was Jesse. Yell at him. Jesse wants there to be a handicap. Yeah, Damon here. does not tolerate <laughs> any kind of loser talk uh, while we're in the postseason. I, I'll warn you of that. I don't know if you were around when that that change happened in him. But according to uh, according to Spot Track, the Rangers payroll is two hundred and fifty one million. Phillies two forty five. Astros two thirty seven. They're all in one little cluster, and then there's the Diamondbacks at 119. So basically, basically half of yeah. all of those teams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's where we're at. But but yet still, Diamondbacks in the final four. 
That's the only thing that matters. Right? Mike, Not payroll. Michael uh, Rokicki says, yo, Tommy Henry is on the mound. Do you mean right now at the workout? Is that what you mean? Because that Could would be. be pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are playing a nine-on-nine -nine game with umpires. They are playing yeah. a base, a simulated oh, baseball so game So Tommy today. Henry is out there. That's exciting to hear. That is exciting Sounds to hear. Sounds like it. Well, when it comes to pitching, uh, the Phillies might also have uh, a little bit of an advantage there because they are the only team in the postseason with a better team ERA than the Diamondbacks currently have. Yeah, the Phillies have just like, I mean, like we said from the top, the Phillies have just dominated on all fronts here in the postseason. They have a one five three team ERA in the playoffs. And granted, that's only six games. The sample size is really small, but they've been really dominant. I mean, a 0.91 whip. There's not been a lot of traffic on the bases. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola didn't have a great season. Uh, this is a walk year for him. But I know a lot of people have been talking about how Aaron Nola can still earn himself a hefty paycheck based on how he performs when it matters most here in the playoffs. And he is very much delivered on that front so far. Both Wheeler and Noah have been outstanding for the Phillies in the playoffs. Like I said earlier, they have a really good bullpen all the way around as well. So the Becks, uh, they, they have their hands full with, with this Phillies pitching staff for sure. Damon, do we have the probables for this series? Let's... No. All right. All right. My bad. Phillies are figuring out. That they. I don't know if they'll announce that today or, or if that'll be tomorrow, but it is expected to be. I think Bob Nightingale tweeted that out as yeah. like it, it being gospel, but I think we kind of know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be Zach on Zach yeah. on Zach, Monday. Zach on Zach crime. Yep. That's it. And yeah. then Merrill Kelly and Aaron Nola. Yeah. And then Brandon Fox versus Ranger Swartz. I think, yeah, you can pretty much lock so. in those three at this point, even though it's not official. And uh, Tori Lovello, when, when asked about a game four, he said that uh, we don't, yeah, he didn't confirm anything yeah. officially. He said, we're going to need someone for a game four and, you know, we're going to have those conversations. So what do you think that's based on? Do you think it's based on how many, where they're at in the series and how yeah. desperate that win by game four might be? Yeah, I, I would think so. But if you're not willing to pitch Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly on short rest, then I mean, what, like, what does that situation look like? Sure. What, like, sure. what is the best possible pitching situation you can engineer for a game four with your back against the wall if you're not willing to pitch one of those two guys i guess it's a it's a it's a bullpen game you know uh, uh kevin ginkle pitching the first inning I, I i don't know what that looks like but uh the d-backs would would be in a, a difficult position that game four is probably going to be tough for them at, at least it, it seems that way on paper maybe it was a coincidence but joe mantiply did talk about opening and being you know being used as an opener that that, 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 made, that was a, a coincidence yeah. but but tory did say like you know they talked for an hour and a half before he sat down with us that's that's probably why it was taking so long for him to to join us but he said you know we planned out like okay what if game one goes great here's what we're going to do going right forward. what if game one goes horribly here's what we're going to do so if game one and two goes great and you get four Maybe four plus from Brandon Fott because look, he had he had to play more pitches left in the tank uh, there in Game Three at, at at Chase Field against the Dodgers on on Wednesday night. Then now you can just do you know do a bullpen game and say yeah, you feel feel really comfortable about that, especially because Gallon's going in Game Five. Yeah, that's uh, yes. Uh, Gabriel, you're late. We already know per Alex Weiner that Tommy Henry is on the mound practicing now at Chase Field. So nice try. Uh, get caught up in the chat, pal. Uh, no, but that's great news. That's great news to hear Tommy Henry's out there. The Diamondbacks could absolutely uh, use another arm. Um, how is there any way that they could get him on the postseason roster at this point? How would that work with Tommy Henry? Yeah, they they could. Yeah, it wouldn't it be, just a, be an it injury be replacement a, or something. 
I mean, he would be, I guess, just coming off the injured list. And yeah, I mean, you can put whatever healthy players you want on your on your roster. It's not like, you know, Tommy Henry was a late season acquisition gotcha. or anything. So, yeah, they, that wouldn't be an issue. It's just a matter of, you know, is he is he able to contribute? And uh, I mean, him pitching in a him pitching in a simulated game right now is is interesting. I mean, maybe Tommy Henry's that guy. If you think about, you know, what would an opener look like? I mentioned he was he was that guy for them for quite a few games, right? That yeah. would be a crazy spot to come back in, though. That would be a, yeah. that would be pretty crazy. But it, a lefty would would make some sense, probably. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, hit, you know, hitting at the top of the Phillies lineup. Bryce Harper, of course, being at the top as well. It's not a, a perfect fit necessarily. They've got some really good right-handed hitters too, but. I could see the Diamondbacks going with with you know a man supplier. Who knows? Maybe maybe Tommy Henry is an option for them there. And you also you also have Tori you know mulling over the idea of instead of going with twelve pitchers, going with thirteen. So I don't know. Yeah. Is that is that Lawler? Yeah. Is that Jace Peterson yeah. or Emmanuel Rivera? Like I don't know who the odd man out is that is there, but right. you could add Tommy Henry to it's the just, roster. He made two starts against the Phillies, and it wasn't great yeah um he wasn't great went 10 and a third innings pitched did give up seven runs so that's a that's a era north of six but you never know yeah i mean tommy henry is he was like ryan nelson and some of the other guys where he was absolutely outstanding at times and then struggled it was consistency and, and we've said that consistency is what makes you a good baseball player it's the it's the ability to bring it on every outing and even if you're not have, even if you don't have your best stuff you're still able to at least give the team a chance, a competitive chance to win a baseball game, and uh, you know that's been that's been a struggle for them, both uh, for their starting rotation and for their bullpen. But their bullpen feels solid now, and if they could just find that one more piece to get them through the next two series, um, why not us? Why not us? So they also had their best season for defense, committing a franchise record low fifty six errors. And they've just been playing some outstanding defense so far. I mean, we talked about the, the the confidence we have in Alec Thomas out there in center field, but it's incredible. Even on a ball that looks like it's absolutely going to be sure. a, a, a run scoring, an RBI double, Alec Thomas can just casually track it down at Chase Field or wherever it's at and, and you know, get that out. So The Phillies uh, have a pretty good center fielder in their own right, though. They do. One, uh, Johan Rojas. Yeah, really nice play last night against the wall. Yeah. He... Is not a great hitter. Uh, we'll just say <laughs> no. we'll just say that. To say the least, uh, he is Sometimes not. Sometimes you sacrifice that for a great defender. When you have that's what for the Phillies sure. have at the top, you can afford to do that. And yeah. I think I think he's a pretty big piece for them because yeah, I mean the Phillies are as we talked about yesterday. The Phillies are not a good defensive team whatsoever. They're at minus twenty five defensive runs saved for the season, uh, which ranked near the near the bottom of the league. So that's a that's a big weakness for them and i think having rojas in center field kind of helps mend that a little bit this this chat is hilarious piece of yoshi says hey i know you haven't pitched in a big league game since july but go pitch against kyle schwarber <laughs> trey turner and bryce harper thanks in the nlcs in the nlcs <laughs> at least said go get him tommy yeah good luck good luck out there but uh it's gonna be fun to watch just like walker said it's gonna be fun to watch the fan and all of us can't wait for this series to start on monday and of course great way celebrate this series is with our friends from four peaks it is a delicious beer it's good for wins it's good for losses it's good for any time uh, i am enjoying a joy bus wow wheat the other day one of our listeners i didn't get the chance to answer his question he asked what other uh beers i like uh from our friends at four peaks i like them all but i will be honest uh, hot knot ipa mm. excellent hazy ipa excellent i'm a big ipa guy so uh, pretty much anything they make when it comes to that i'm down for but 
Uh, make sure to check out all of the wonderful beers they have. They are perfect for tailgates and have been for over 25 years here in the Valley. You can also check out their pumpkin porter, which is now available uh, on shelves and in draft lines around the Valley. So make sure to check out Four Peaks. Uh, you can visit them at fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite brewery tours and events. Steinholding, Oktoberfest, and Haunted Brewery Tours that expose the fact that the ghosts make the beer uh, are all right <laughs> around the corner. You can check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Uh, also, again, Patrick, uh, I, I know you have a good pair of sunglasses. I asked you yesterday, do you have a good pair of sunglasses? I, I do. You yeah. do. Are they Shady Rays? Absolutely, of course. I, actually, I, I lied. No, oh. uh, I have two great pairs of Shady go. Rays. Yeah, they're both oh, yeah, two fantastic. They are fantastic. Pairs. Yeah, because yes. of course, if you use their deal, uh, you'll get two or more for fifty percent off. It's a great deal. Uh, but they are gear, gear built to last. Uh, I, I ask that because, again, if you're here in Arizona. Uh, if you're coming in from Philadelphia, maybe to watch game three and four, mm -hmm. you will need a great pair of sunglasses. So make sure to get yourself a premium pair of polarized shades uh, that actually offers the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. Uh, we think these folks are crazy for it, but they have told us that if you lose or break your shady rays, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Uh, no, no shame uh, heaped upon you at all. They have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. No risk at all when you shop. Uh, and they're also about the community. They're building play sets for pediatric ca cancer patients. They're providing young adults with MS uh, outdoor adventures of a lifetime. And they're doing more. Shady Rays is just trying to make an impact in your community and others like it for years to come. Uh, so besides their wonderful sunglasses, they're also doing that. Uh, great company to support and exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. It's almost like a buy one, get one. And, and like, it's crazy. We're, we're all wrapped up in the Diamondbacks, but like, it's gonna be the holidays soon. So get one for yourself and then it's the other brilliant. one. Yeah, I mean, there you smart. Go. everybody smart. always asks me and they yeah. tell me like, Derek, you're such a good gift giver and how do you do it? And like, I have two secrets, <laughs> starting early, right? Okay. Like not waiting until the last minute because that's just making it difficult waiting on is the only way Dan. and that's we've jesse's the, way we will never see eye to eye on this <laughs> and two and no one will ever call jesse a good gift giver you know that <laughs> deep down in your soul <laughs> not true every, every <laughs> once in a while i'm i'm remarkably successful Here, and, and here's here's my me for here, here's my other key uh listen to the people that you're giving gifts for right like it's not hard a lot of times people will tell you all the time what they like and then you just still want to get them whatever you want to get them in the i have a third run. key what's your third key let's hear use promo code phnx at Check out. Let's go. All of these great stuff. Just all of this stuff. This is true. I the say just gifts. use it everywhere. You never know where it's going to work. It might even work on a website that we haven't sponsored yet. I don't know, but make sure to check it out. I mean, <laughs> Jesse, get I'm, yourself deals. Great deals. Jesse, I'm curious. What was the best gift you received on your birthday yesterday? Um, The best wow. gift I received on my birthday. Oh, man. Um. Mm. I mean, is there a correct answer? I feel like you're trying to like get me to no, say. I feel like just, I feel like I'm an absolute piece of shit yeah, for not you get? wishing you happy birthday. Yeah, well, Derek birthday. didn't get me anything. How so, about you? Nothing. Uh, How about this? How'd you celebrate? Huh? Uh, I went to I went to a pizza place with one Patrick Lyons, and we watched uh, we watched the uh, the NLDS between the Braves hey! and the Phillies. And I did drink a Joy Bus Wow while, hey! I, was, while I was doing. He did. So that was the that was the best gift. That was I know. I don't know. I forced him, but I'm like, you, you're getting getting something to drink, right? Let's go. 
Happy birthday, sir. Uh, I hope you had a great one. I hope you had a great one watching the NL uh, DS and watching our so so I guess while we're going down this road, we we happened to be sitting next at the bar to a guy who is a Philadelphia, like a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. His name was John. I mean, it was was John. John. No, but but I'm like, wait, as we left, I'm like, wait, his name was was John. John. Like actually a guy from Philly. His name is John. (laughs) John. John. Which I didn't know that that was like a thing. You didn't know it was a John. But yeah, it was it was uh, honestly very fun just getting to kind of pick this guy's brain. He was a very knowledgeable Philly yeah. sports fan. That's always fun. Um, well, he listens to PHLY Phillies. I think that's why. That's yeah, probably the yeah, key. Yeah, right. That's definitely yeah, the key. We got to get a rivalry going with them or a bet or something. We got to figure no, something out. No, they don't want it, Derek. We've they don't want that heat. They, they don't want, want that smoke. heat. Yeah, I was in that post game show the other night. Trying to start shit, trying to trying to rev up all the PHLY Phillies fans in the chat, and no one wanted the smoke with me. No one. You know who else didn't want the smoke? Orlando Arcia. He didn't want the smoke from his own comments uh, because that is still lingering. And it's really weird to me. It's really weird to me because we do this as a job. I felt like Jesse kind of explained this very well yesterday, and I don't mean to go back over it to today. But um, one of the things that was weird was at the time, I didn't know the person that was being blamed for this was Jake Mintz, who I love from Cespedes Family Barbecue. We just had yeah, his partner. He's, he's the other half. He's the other half. And he, <laughs> he wasn't was, available that day. He was day, not but... because he was getting in trouble for doing this. But... That was the same day too. That yeah, was the same day I as that interview. And I mean, I love the <laughs> tremendous amount of sport. Uh, That's support. the last time that Jordan is ever yeah, going to come on Yeah, he's never going to come on our show ever again. But <laughs> uh, I will say that, you know, I, the t- tremendous amount of uh, showing of support for Jake was was good to see. I felt like he was unfairly being painted in a really bad way. I mean, I, I don't want to go into particulars or quotes from some of the people who were trashing him, but like literally uh, undermining, you know, the the entire concept of the fact that we live in a me- di- digital media age where people can be successful if they are just lowly podcasters like us or whatever the case may be, right? Like, Or podcasters who are also members of the BBWAA that's right. at the same time. And I mean, I don't know. There was one thing that really struck me about this whole thing is weird. And then we'll get on to Arcia's real, like really weird, because he just seemed meltdown. to lose it. He had a yeah, meltdown in game it. four, yeah. right? With the fans. And I, I, mean, I, kind of, I feel bad for him. I mean... Yeah, like I mean, I, I, honestly, it wasn't pretty. You get, you just get to a point where it, it bubbles over, and sometimes you don't show your best, right? But going back to the comments, I want to say this: like, yes, as Jesse said, there is some comments that you know are off the record, and a lot of times, typically, those are actually agreed upon that they're off the record. Like, usually, it's something that's said beforehand. Uh, either the player or the or the reporter or the journalist will will clarify that that's what we're doing here. Yeah, um, but like. There's also this idea of of the locker room being a sacred space, which I both agree with. And then I also say <laughs> there is a designated period of time that the media comes in there. It's, it's not, not like, very long. And the media doesn't <laughs> no. just stroll in there when they want and hang out for hours of time. Yeah. In fact, if you see or hear these reports of media hanging around, typically it's because we're waiting for players to be available. And there is a set amount of time. And they don't come get you or notify you that guys are available. You just kind of have to be there. And then when they're available, the reporters will go over and talk to them. And if you're not there as a reporter, as a journalist, you miss out. If a player comes in screaming stuff at the top of his lungs, there's a chance that reporters are going to report that. And it's crazy to me to think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I feel like 
there are times where, like Jesse said, there are certain things that are specifically, you know, off the record or not really meant for us. But it, it really is like Carlos said it best. If you want a bit of a sanctuary, do what the D-backs did and lock the clubhouse doors while the shit talking and celebrating goes on and then let the media in when it's out of your system. If, you know, of, of course, everybody loved that Tory clip. We made a shirt of it. Uh, we're, we're responsible <laughs> for also being part of the people that that like spread this, you know, wonderful stuff. But again, sometimes an organization might not feel like that represents them in the best way, or it might not feel like that was their finest moment for the media to be present in those moments. You know, it, it's, you can't really go back in time and, and delete that happening. But also this comment in, in the, in the mean, like this whole situation just seems completely blown out of proportion. Uh, yeah, it, it and, and it really was. is like, it, it was a funny comment about a player talking trash in a locker room. And then the next night, the other player used that as motivation and 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 had an incredible night and and stared the dude down that was trash talking and that's sports right like that's not something to me that's bad or should be like embarrassed by it. that's something to me that makes this rivalry more fun and makes me more interested in it especially as an outsider that really doesn't care which of these two teams you know advances sure. right like I find yeah. it to just be just add fire to, to the to the to, or fuel to the fire and make it make it more fun to watch but apparently. It's now become this grander topic about sanctuaries and journalism and ethics and all of this other stuff. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, we're observers and our job is to report what we observe. And in some cases, it is told to us that something, you know, like, hey, like, don't don't say that or don't report on that or whatever. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't when that happens. But it's like it's like I said yesterday where I mean, at the end of the day. Bryce Harper was still going to hit the two home runs. Right. And at the end of the day, the Phillies won this game ten to two. It was not as if yeah, you know Bryce Harper getting fired too. up, you know, made the difference in this game. Also, Chelsea Janes also report. I think it's important to note that Jake. We have Mintz, a tweet about. We have a tweet. Here. Yeah, Jake Mintz was not the only person to report this. Chelsea Janes from the Washington Post also reported uh, what was happening. Although I think. I think she didn't know who said it, so she just said that it was said. She, she didn't, yeah, she didn't she attribute says, it specifically to Orlando Arcia. Yeah, she says here in her tweet, hey there, I'm the other reporter who reported what Arcia said in the clubhouse Monday night. I didn't right. name him because I didn't see who said it, but I'm sick of watching people, particularly colleagues in the media, criticize my friend Jake Mintz for it. And uh, yeah, and, and a point, and this is like a whole long thread from her, one of the yeah. one of the biggest points she makes is that recorders were on during this cameras time. Cameras were rolling, recorders and cameras were are rolling. rolling yeah. And they, and sometimes when cameras are rolling and recorders are on, you're going to pick up stuff that's happening around the clubhouse. And that doesn't, I mean, it, it could have been, it could have been broadcast on live TV is one of the points that she made. Would you, would you be ostracizing that TV network for, for just showing it, for showing something that's just like in back, like they can't really avoid that. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like, so, we can't avoid like loud music playing in the background of our clips sometimes when we're getting clips from the players. Right. Like right, we right. would love it to be quiet and to get the best possible audio we could hear. So when you're listening on the podcast that you hear it as best as you can, it's just not the situation. And in some cases, again, that is their sanctuary. So it does feel a little bit out of place for me or Jesse to walk up to like the PR guy and be like, Hey Shane, can you turn the music down? I don't like that loud music. I mean, they, yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they will, they will yeah, at they, times. Like yeah. they will. It's not like they refuse to do it, but it like, it feels weird to do that because it's like, yeah, like you said, it kills the vibes. They're in there celebrating. It's after a win. Things are good. Like it feels awkward to just be like, I feel like my, you know, audio needs to be more important than that. But when it comes to this, yeah, they even asked Arcia if he knew 
cameras were rolling and stuff. And he gave this answer like about like, oh, there are. I don't know that they have to be there, but they are. Like he knows that they're there and then questions the presence of cameras and recorders needing to be there in maybe, the clubhouse after a win. Like, maybe a little ignorance there yeah, I mean, you know, and on, on that part. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and the the comment was again it was in the Washington Post as well as in an article that Jake Mintz wrote, but it was like all the way at the bottom. Yeah. It was like yeah. a twenty four paragraph right. piece, and it was like the second sentence of the twenty first paragraph. So it wasn't it wasn't like tweeted out like, guess what Orlando Arcia said? Harper's gonna go off tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah. That wasn't that's clickbaity, uh, and that that wasn't necessarily what the intent was. It just hey, here's some of the things that are. That are going on in, inside the clubhouse, yeah. and you report on that. That's, they're, what, they're yeah, well, that's, what, that's what we're doing here, man. And like yeah. you said, it wasn't a hateful slur. It wasn't something. Right. I mean, even that, that might even be more of a reason to report on it. But like, yeah, I understand. Like sometimes people say stuff in the heat of the moment. This wasn't that. It was at a boy Harper, you know, and it it's was fun fodder is really all that it, it is. It it's really fodder. Is. It it's really great is. fodder. Yeah. But, it seemed, but it's fodder. It seemed to make Orlando completely unravel, right? Yeah. And that's the part about this that's kind of wild is how like – I don't know, like your own actions sometimes can result in consequences. And sometimes those consequences are you you motivated someone else while also somehow impacting yourself negatively. And that feels like what the situation was for him. Yeah, it's just it's just a tough. I mean, I think Ronald Acuna didn't speak to the media after game four last night. And he was the one who was kind of stepping up and trying to kind of keep Orlando RC in line yeah. when he was kind of getting into it with some of the, some of the fans some behind of the, the fans, dugout. Yeah. So. Saying Kaite shut up to them. Yeah. It was like sticking his tongue out very childish. Like, yeah, it was it's very... obviously someone who's just like unraveled and like has this pent up whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even after Acuna Jr. put his arm around him, he still like went back to yeah, making another face. Couldn't and let it like, go. <laughs> you could just tell like there's like this anxiety or whatever just building in him and, and he can't control it in that moment. So... He's a human being too, but it, it was it was kind of too too much. It was more than it really should have been, you know, yeah. made out of the situation. Well, I mean, we also had Nick Castellanos like completely, uh, yeah. completely going rogue on a reporter. Who... I feel like he was kidding, but you just can't tell because it was very yeah, right. dry. It was very, very dry. dry. And honestly, like saying as a fan and not a person that has to interview people that admittedly has asked some really stupid <laughs> questions at times to people that I shouldn't have asked. Um, yeah, like it is kind of annoying when someone like says something to you without it being a question. Like, what do you want me to say here? Oh, you just wanted me to build on that statement that you said and be like, yeah, cool. Here, <laughs> let me run with it. Like you're, you're talking. Inter- so you're talking about on the field yeah. when he when he was told he was told that he was the first player ever like in MLB postseason history to two homers in back to back games. And he was and he just and responded then, by saying, what's the question? There? Well, there was like, no question because he just said it. And then like, again, like a good reporter, yeah. right? Or like anybody like uh, naturally you tell them the fact that you would say something, even if it's just a cliche, like, right. wh- what are your thoughts on this? What are your feelings yeah, on this? How do you feel after that? of players will run with that and give an answer. Exactly. And it's fine. And but I it's, don't want to, I don't want to like ostracize this reporter for like, no, some, no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. Some heinous mistake. He but he Nick Castellanos is clearly operates <laughs> by a little bit of a different playbook Correct. than some of the other players. He doesn't play by your rules. You have to kind of be aware of that. If you're, if you're interviewing, the fact that the guys on the field is, is, 
is the message of like, yeah, no, we're about to communicate. I'm going to say something, then you say something. Yeah, I get it. Like, I get it. That's just kind of how it yeah. works. I have done things here on this show where I have <laughs> spoke and people that were here also did not understand, like Jesse does, that it's their turn to speak when I stop, stop speaking. <laughs> I get too used to Jesse being here. He just knows. Oh, Derek Derek ended on his thing on a down note, and so he must be done now. Uh, but <laughs> I just interrupt you whenever he does, I feel He really like does. It. That's the only <laughs> way you can actually uh, have a conversation with me, typically. <laughs> It's very aggressive. It's kind of a fight, and it's it's like I'm going to win. That's how I see conversations. Uh, but yeah, no, that it was it, it. It is funny, but I mean, all of this still just kind of uh, is like you know this this grander idea at times of like screw the media, you know, and like I, I don't know. I don't. I understand that we are a distraction and and such at times because sometimes the players don't want to. You know, they don't want to hear this stuff. They don't want to see this stuff written. Yeah. They don't want to hear us on the show criticizing them when, when especially this tubby guy right here, wouldn't be able to swing a bat anymore, let alone step on the field and tr- track down a fly ball. But uh, <laughs> I will say that, like, you know, again, what 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 makes people interested in baseball and what extends them from being just like a casual fan to being a fanatic to someone that really loves their team and is is that connection and knowing more about them and and the media just plays such an important part of that and like that's all we want to do we want to connect with our community we want to bridge the gap between you guys and the team and and bring you guys as much great content and as much great like these interviews that we get, we love them. Uh, you had an interview with Tommy Pham that we just put up on the YouTube page that absolutely was my favorite thing afterwards because Tommy Pham just gave us one amazing quote after the next from talking about that you need dogs in the playoffs to talking about like just the wonderment in his face when he was talking about seeing Chase Field filled up. It was like he had not, like he didn't even know that was possible in that building. Like, and, and when I asked him about the four home runs, he was like, it seemed like each one built on. He's like, it did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it did. he said that. It was pretty cool. I was like, Tommy Pham, all right. Good it was a great time to interview Tommy. He had some great moments, <laughs> including asking one of the reporters uh, about being tall and if you know. I still can't get over. Uh, we weren't part of this scrum, unfortunately. But what we talked about yesterday with the the hell yeah and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh damn. But that was like yeah. oh damn. That was like hell, that hell was, yeah. That was just so. That was so good. <laughs> Uh, it's perfect. But again, uh, we got fun weekend ahead of us to continue finding out, uh, you know, what what these matchups are going to be and more information. Uh, we will keep you posted on everything we find out, including more on what's going on with Tommy Henry, because that's pretty <laughs> exciting for a team right now that could use some length, you know, uh, starting pitcher capable or at least a bullpen pitcher that's capable of giving them, you know, a couple of innings maybe as a starter. So we will see. But make sure to check out our phnxlocker.com. Uh, it's playoff season. We got all those shirts. Got that brand new shirt. We got uh, we got our dangerous shirt. We got, of course, our wagon shirt. We have the baseball bat shirt. We got all sorts of great shirts. So make sure to check out phnxlocker.com. Get yourself a diehard membership if you're not already diehard. If you are, you'll get twenty percent off all those shirts. If you're not, sign up today and you'll get one of those shirts for free, including our brand new dangerous T-shirt. Uh, of course, you can sign up at gophnx.com. You will get a free piece of merchandise from PHNX Locker. You get all sorts of wonderful stuff, including access to our members-only Discord lounge uh, and so much more. Where we actually, I kind of dropped this shirt early today. So if you're a Discord, if you're a diehard member, you you found out about the mm-hmm. shirt before everybody else. So it's true. Uh, good reason to sign up for the Discord. Also, uh, discounts with our partners, gift certificate from Out Mike's Pizza, so much more. Jesse's, all of Jesse's content, so you won't miss out on anything. Get that diehard membership today. It pays for itself. Uh, also, 
On Saturday, October 21st, we are participating in the Out of Darkness Walk, and we would love you to join us. We're joining thousands of teams across the country from the Out of Darkness Walk event. It's an event co-chaired by one of our very own diehard members uh, that raises money for a suicide prevention program, uh, unites those who have been affected by suicide, and helps create communities that are smart about mental health. And we want to make sure everybody knows that we are here for you, we support you, and we want to make sure that you know that there are resources out there for you. I told you guys yesterday, I lost a cousin that was like a big sister to me due to suicide, and uh, it hurts every day still to this to this day that she's not with us. So we want to make sure that uh, everybody knows we're here for them and that we want you we want you here too. So uh, you can join us in person at Salt River Fields at Talking Stick at 9 a.m. on the 24th uh, on the 21st of October, or you can show your support virtually. Uh, join Team PHNX by hitting the link in our description and help us hit our fundraising goal. If you're able to, even if you're not able to come, uh, you can join our team and just be a part of Team PHNX. We would love the support. We would love to uh, grow our team to be as big as possible. So make sure to check that out in the link description. We love you guys. We appreciate you so much. Uh, of course, we will be back here on Monday, uh, which which is going to be uh, game one of the NLCS, where the Arizona Diamondbacks are inexplicably taking on the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. I still can't believe it. So still, it still hasn't sank in that they beat the Dodgers, uh, swept the Dodgers in the NLDS, but hopefully it will by Monday. Of course, we will be back here with a pregame show. Uh, the game starts at 5.07, so we will be live at 4.30 with our pregame show, and then we will be back after that game, 10 minutes after, with our postgame show to make sure to join us for that. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Follow this maniac next to me at Patrick D. Lines. He is my tag team partner. He's the hot tag, uh, of course, in more <laughs> ways than one. Uh, you can get Jesse over at Jesse uh, N. Friedman. Is that what it is? Jesse, are, are you like forgetting my is Twitter that, handle? I forget. All of a it's been a long time. Is it Jesse N. Friedman? You've said I don't this. Know. Like, there's Michaela uh, A. Perkins. E. I don't E. Perkins, and yes. then there's your. You guys all throw your goddamn initials I in there. I just can't here's, believe this. Here's how you remember it. You know what the N stands for? What's that? NLCS. <laughs> yeah, I'll never Let's forget. That. Oh, yeah, it's Jesse and Friedman. Of course, we are Damon's dogs. And you can follow Damon uh, at Damon Dog. Uh, it's D-A-W-G. Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports. Uh, and of course, we thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back here on Monday. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it is so much more fun when you chant, fuck the Dodgers and whoever the fuck we play next and always the Dodgers. On Monday, yeah. Diamondbacks, they're going to try to rob the bank. That's pretty good. Yeah, you like that? You like that? You know, we should have workshopped this maybe a little bit. I feel like Merrill Kelly almost kind of alluded to that about yeah. robbing the bank. Or he just said the bank and... Yeah, they're gonna try it's to the, the bank. bank versus the vault, uh, and that's that's what it's gonna be. Uh, someone asked, "What about Mailbag Monday?" We will ha- we'll, we'll handle Mailbag Monday on Monday. So make sure uh, we'll see that request go out there on Twitter. Make sure to send us your Mailbag Monday questions, and we will definitely fit those in. But uh, of course, what 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 did you say? We'll let you outro this. So you guys say remember. You guys say and remember, kids. And then the thing that you said, it's like baseball is better when you rob the bank or whatever. Yes. Well, <laughs> as we say around here, is that. What was it again? And remember, kids, kids, baseball is fun, fun but it's even more fun when you're in the valley hanging with your friends (laughs) and you're going to go rob that bank on Monday. There we go. (laughs)